Welcome back everybody. This is uh, Eric and Barry from Moss Pond and Gun. And uh, today we've got another gun gripe video for you today. And uh, across the board these things have been very popular and we really appreciate y'all's support. Uh, we've been getting a lot of phone calls and everything and a lot of letters in the mail and just support in general and we really appreciate uh, you know you guys leaving comments and suggestions. We try to take some of that stuff into heart. Uh, we do have a different number for you right. guys. We're getting uh, so many calls at Moss Pond <laughs> that we've got our own number now right. that you need to call. If you want to comment to us, it's 770-692-9326. Yep, and you can call and talk to me or Barry, Ray, any right. of us. And This, uh, this is our uh, YouTube hotline. <laughs> yeah, we got a YouTube hotline now. That's how many phone calls we're getting. Anyway, Today's gripe, what we thought we would talk about, is supply and demand. Uh, here recently with the anti-gun legislation that's being uh, kind of sent down the pipeline and with the uh, increased uh, demand and limited supply for guns, ammunition, parts, accessories, and things of that nature, we thought we'd kind of just discuss the whole breakdown in terms of how supply and demand in the gun industry really works. And it's a, uh, it's a very touchy thing overall just because you've got so many people now that are trying to just really go for these limited types of guns that are out there that it's really just creating a monster of a problem for the supply and demand to reach you know its full potential right uh, I was thinking a lot of these guns are not available right now so I was thinking well, maybe some of the manufacturers are holding back because they don't know what to make mm -hmm. I called one of our biggest distributors Davidson's Corporation in Prescott Arizona and talked to Mr. Art out there and he said, Barry, they're making guns as fast as they always did, but there's an 800% spike in gun sales. Now, you would think, why don't they put on an extra ship? Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that and bring on more people to make more guns? Well, they're already doing that. Well, they are doing that, but there again, there's a lot of complications with that. First off, if you hire new people, you got to train them. And if you hire a bunch of people and work them for two or three months, and you have to lay them off, then they that's go, bad business right they go to unemployment blah 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 right the manufacturers are selling everything they can make so why they're happy as they can be oh yeah so but the thing about it is people are going to have to wait for things like 1022s we can't get glock 19s we can't get glock 26s of course ar-15 yeah. ar-15 uh, you know any of that type of stuff of course right now the uh, demand is just so high for them and the supply is still at a static amount that it's just right. impossible for right. these manufacturers and distributors to keep up with the uh, demand. Obviously, of course, what happens is when you see an increase in demand and a limited supply, you're going to see an increase in price. Right. And unfortunately, that's just part of the overall scenario that you're going to see uh, with that sort of thing. Well, I heard from a friend of mine. He went to the Magpul factory in Alabama to buy mags, and the factory is closed. Now, that's what I heard. Now. If they make a lot of P-Mags that are 30-round mags and they pass some kind of legislation, under the old Clinton or the Brady Bill, the magazines will be grandfathered. But I think a lot of these manufacturers are not making something they can't sell to civilians right now. They're waiting to see what goes on in Washington. And I think there's a lot of stalling in the industry like that because of that. Well, right. And, you know, one of the things that we saw, you know, at at SHOT Show was that we had, you know, a lot of these manufacturers we were talking to have pretty much told me that, you know, right now we're just looking to hold our breath. We don't really know exactly, you know, to a full degree what is going to be happening with the production and how these things are going to be allocated. And uh, 
sorry the phone's ringing. We are a business. We have yeah. no way around that. So okay. I, I realize the phone's ringing in the background, but we're going to drive on. But part of the issue that we're seeing is that these distributors and people whose job it is to sell the product and stock gun stores like ours, what they're running into is that they have a limited amount of allocations that they can make to each individual dealer. And then those dealers on top of that are given a certain amount of selection over other dealers based on the amount they spend and based on the amount of inventory that they stock from that given distributor and everything like that. So what you run into is some of these big box stores, yeah, you run into people like Academy, whereby yes, they may get allocated you know, two or three Ruger 1022 takedowns that they have to divvy out over the course of a week. Now granted, yes, you can go into somewhere like Academy Sports or Dick's or Walmart or some of these places that have a large allocation and yes, you can get a Ruger 1022 takedown for $329. But the problem is that every day when the doors open, you got to fight 30 people for that one gun. Right. There's going to be 30 people waiting at the door to try to get that They gun. sell them before they even put them on the counter. That's correct. I mean, right. they're sold long out. Now, same thing with magazines and ammunition. Another example, you know, I went into Academy Sports about two weeks ago, and I was kind of looking around a little bit. And I was lucky enough, I walked in the door and I look on the uh, shelf and they had 30 round Tapco AK-47 magazines for $8.49 a piece. And I yeah. bought about 30 of them. And I, I walked up to the counter up and they were looking at me like I was a terrorist with a whole armful of damn you know, <laughs> magazines. But the thing is, you know, for that price, you can't beat them. No. I mean, you'd be dumb no. not to buy them for that kind of money. You'd be crazy not to buy them. So what we're, what we're seeing is that a lot of the big box stores, you know, they have these limited allocations that, yes, you can get these products for a really cheap, fair price. But the problem is those big box stores, they don't really go off of what they can know they can sell it for. They go off suggested retail price. Right. And those big box stores, that's what they're bound to. Uh, so in short, yes, the deals are out there. You can get them. Um, but you're going to fight for them, you're going to fight the crowds. Now granted, another option is places like Gunbroker. You can find certain guns on Gunbroker, they're out there, but again, it's a supply and demand issue. Perfect example is like, for instance, right now a Kel-Tec Sub-2000, generally across the board, a 9mm Kel-Tec Sub-2000 that takes lock magazines, these guns right now Two months ago, these, these guns were bringing about four bills. Right. But now, they're bringing twelve to $1,500 a piece. Because right. you can't get them. Because you cannot get them. And again, this is a gun that, yes, I got from a distributor. It was an allocation. But again, I might get one of these a month if I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. Supply and demand, people. Well, now, we had several uh, uh, YouTuber uh, subscribers called us the other week and they said, Barry, are y'all raising prices? Well, of course we're raising prices. I mean, we would be crazy. If we didn't, we would be have an empty store and everybody else would be making all the money. It's supply and demand. Right. Folks. We would be crazy to not sell a product for what we know we can sell it for and right. get. Right. I mean, for instance, here's a PLR-16. All right, and here's going to be a shocker. Now, normally we don't give prices out when we do videos. We just don't. But in this case, I think it's important to know what the supply and demand has really done to the price. Keltec PLR-16, $1,700. Right. But I guarantee you this gun on Gunbroker for us is going to sell within a week for this price. Right. It will sell. Right. Because there's someone with $1,800 burning a hole in their pocket that has to have this gun. Right. And I hate it. Well, there's a, diff there's a difference in price gouging and there's a difference in raising the price for whatever the item will bring. Now, right. 
A classic example I like to tell people, when I got out of high school, I worked for a hardware store. And back in those days, the hardware store was the center of the community. This is where you didn't have a Lowe's, you didn't have a, any place like that to go to. Right. So we had an ice storm one time, and the boss went through the store and marked up everything a thousand percent. Ten-cent candles were a dollar, mm -hmm. Coleman fuel was $25 a gallon, Coleman stoves, but people had to have those items, so they paid that money. They didn't want to, but they paid it. Now that's price gouging, because these people have to have these things. Their kids are out of school, the school is closed because of the weather, and they're sitting in a living room with 17 degrees in there. Right. Okay, that's price gouging. If some dealer puts $2,500 on an AR that should cost $1,200, all you got to do is walk away from it. You don't have to buy that. Right. That's not a life, that's not a life or death situation. That's correct. Now, there's gouging, and then there's going by the market price. Well, another good example, Barry, is like after Katrina, the kind of people that were selling cases of water for 30 bucks. <laughs> there you go. Okay, now that's a classic example. That's a thousand percent markup. But right. We all know that a case of water is like three bucks. Right. You know, for the cheap stuff, whatever. But yes, to, to, after, to take advantage of a disaster, a disaster and make someone pay $30 for a case of water, yes, that's, a, that's price gouging and that's extremely unethical. But, you know, I believe, you know, these people out here that are, that are raising prices on some of the evil black stuff, and they're um, they're making money on it. I can't blame them because you have to sell something for what it's worth, or you're going to go out of business. Right. And it doesn't matter. That's any line of business that you're in in the industry at all. It doesn't matter if you sell insurance or whatever. Whatever you sell, if you know if your competitor undercuts you, that's one thing. But if you're selling it for half of what your competitor is, well, then why don't your competitors just come to you and buy it and then resell right. it to their people? Right. You have to make and what see, you can make. A lot of these gun dealers out here are seeing this as a problem. These other FFLs are, you know, they know what their local economy will handle, and they'll go to their competitors and they'll buy ARs for $1,600 apiece, and they'll buy 30 of them, right. and then take them to their gun shop and jack them up to $2,200. Right. Just because they know they can sell them for that. So well, everything it's economics. In, everything in the world is whatever somebody was willing to pay for it. That's right. Now, everybody's caught up in this panic over the gun ban and all this kind of stuff. If Obama would go one way or the other, but see, he wanted to ram this through before the inauguration and Congress told him no. Yeah. So now he's having to backtrack. Now he's having to figure out, well, what am I going to do next? Right. Now, I predict they're going to get their mag ban. They're going to get the uh, ban on the 30-round magazines, and they may get a few other little items, but they're not going to get what they're going after. I think what's going to happen, Barry, is that they're going to, the Democrats that were on board in, in the initial phases of this situation are jumping ship. Right. None of the Republicans that are you know, on the record for being pro-gun are going to vote for it, of course. Right. I think that any of these legislative actions from our government are not going to have a whole lot of a leg to stand on. The only people that are going to vote for them are the people that are known anti-gunners. Right. I think they're going to have a lot more difficulty than you might think getting some of this stuff pushed through because they know that it's a career ender, it's political suicide, mm -hmm. you know, and there are a lot of people like myself, I am a one-issue voter and gun rights are something that I become a one-issue voter about gun rights. I mean, granted, there are a lot of other policies in someone's overall viewpoint that's important. I mean, of course, like foreign policy is something that needs to be considered, and their views on, like, you know, legalization of marijuana, you know, abortion. There's a lot of hot topics right. that get thrown into the mix for a political person. Right. And I understand that. But for me, 
there is no compromise to the Second Amendment. There's no compromise. And anyone that's willing to take your guns is not your friend, and it doesn't matter what other views they have. If they're willing to take your guns, they are not there to help you. When I heard today, and I have not confirmed it, but Wayne LaPierre is going to be on Fox News on Sunday for mm -hmm. an interview, and I think everybody needs to watch that. Wayne LaPierre says they are taking a zero tolerance on this thing. Let me tell you something. If they get your AR away from you, the next gun they're going to go after is Granddaddy's 30 6 with a scope on it because that's a sniper rifle. Right. They're going to label it. Then when people are shooting it out in the streets with black powder revolvers, they're going to go after those. Right. Because it's not an issue of the gun. Crime was around and murder was around a long time before guns were invented. That's right. Now, uh, they're going to go after your guns no matter what it is. They're going after the assault rifles now because everybody can see that. That's right. Remember, John F. Kennedy wasn't killed with an assault rifle. He was killed with an antiquated bolt action. Martin Luther King was assassinated with a sporting rifle that was bought from Sears, a pump 30 6 Now, they're going to go after your guns, so you better stop them well, right you know, now. John Lennon was shot with a uh, Charter Arms snub nose. Charter 38. George I mean, Wallace on. was shot with a Charter Arms 38. Uh, Robert Kennedy was killed with a 22 revolver. Yep. Now, they're going to go after your guns, but they're going after the assault rifles. Well, they you know, call them. look at Lincoln. You know, Lincoln was assassinated with nothing more than a boot pistol. Right, a, a, a single-shot muzzle loader. Right. It's not, the guns are not the problem in society. It's the people. The people have changed. We've always had guns, and we never had this crime rate before. It's because there's no parenting in the home. Kids are go, go home. They have no supervision. Yeah. Kids are looking at all kind of violence on TV. You know, you know people aren't held accountable for their actions. Then they're not held accountable and, and for their actions anymore. That's the problem. Parents aren't held accountable for their, their kids' actions anymore. Right. Kids aren't being raised right. They're not being brought up right. The, mm -hmm. the schools dang sure ain't teaching them right. Right. But anyway, we are getting off on a bit of a tangent. As right. far as supply and demand goes, hopefully that allowed you to kind of glean some knowledge as to why, you know, this all is, is happening the way it is. I mean, it's not by design. It's just by circumstance. Right. Pe more people want the product, less people have it, so it's going to drive the price up, and that's just the bottom line. Right. I foresee, my prediction, is that by the middle of this year, everything will be caught back up, all of this gun ban crap will be nothing but a memory, and things will catch back up, it'll be completely back to normal by August. I guarantee you. Okay. That's my prediction. I've been known to be wrong, but then again, I've been known to be right, but that's my well, prediction. My prediction is they will get a magazine capacity ban. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Right. I don't think they're going to get anything up, but I think they're going to get that. Fair enough. Okay. Um, now, here's one more thing I want you guys to clarify for me before we let you go for the night. Uh, one thing I want to know. I've heard that there's going to be another march on the capitals, state capitals, on February 8th, and I have yet to find any type of, um, you know, reference, reference to that. Right. that. If any of you guys know who's putting that on, who's, you know, who's backing it, if there's an official organization like the NRA or Gun Owners of America backing it, if you could get me the tracking or the information to be able to keep track of that so we can know where to show up, where to be, who to talk to. I mean, these things are important. Everybody can say, well, there's going to be another march on the 8th, but there has to be a form of organization that we can all cling to and, and look to and see, you know, if there is going to be a march on the state capitals on the 8th, we'll be there. Okay. No problem. I will be there. But we got to know, you know, there's got to be details. We can't just say February 8th. I mean, well, what on February 8th? Who's putting it on? What time? What do we bring? Is it open carry? Is it not? Is it organized? I mean, 
these things have to be officially sanctioned and, and you know, you have to have organization or else it makes us look like a bunch of nuts. Right. So we'd love to be there on the 8th, but again, who's putting it on? Where is it? Let us know. Well, so, in, uh, in closing, if you don't belong to the NRA, you need to join and you need to support them until they don't support you. Mm -hmm. And you need to do that. You need to keep that in mind. You can call them. You can give a credit card number. You can join right now if you mm -hmm. want to. But you need to do that. And there's a lot of benefits with NRA that you don't know about. They will tell you about those when you join. That's right. So uh, just back them up. And I'm going to support them till they don't support me. Well, I know that this particular gun gripe is really more economical than anything else. I realize that right now there's still a lot of people out of work, out of jobs. I mean, there's people that just cannot afford to pay the kind of money that some of these guns are going for. But remember, a gun is in itself a luxury item. Mm -hmm. You don't need a gun to, let's just say, survive like you would air and bread and water and milk right. and a roof over your head and heat and things like that. But remember that, you know, it will get better. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that are having a rough financial time, and I know these types of discussions are hard pill to swallow for some of us, but um, hopefully things will pick back up. And next week we have a really cool gun gripe, uh, you know, idea that we're going to discuss. I think you guys will really like. Okay. Well, y'all have a good evening, and uh, y'all keep watching us, and uh, we appreciate your support. Yep.